Today, I'm delighted to welcome to Beautify.com's podcast, Rich Farmer. Rick is a very talented jazz musician and vocalist. He will be talking to us today about his musical journey and his understanding of how music is not only healing, but brings beauty into one's life. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So in doing a little research, I understand that you're from Chicago and that you knew at an early age that you wanted to be a musician. Can you tell us a bit about your background and what attracted you to music? Yeah, I grew up in Chicago, uh, born and raised out there in 78. And then, uh, then I just, you know, I started growing up as a kid and in somewhere in the house, we had a, you know, we had an apartment building, uh, a two flat where we lived downstairs and we had somebody else who lived upstairs. Well, we found out through a crazy scenario that he was hoarding like all kinds of stuff in his, in the apartment. So we had to call his family and they ended up taking him to a home and that kind of stuff. But in the process of getting rid of all the stuff in his apartment, we found a saxophone and, um, and it was, you know, it was a piece of junk, really. It just, it didn't work. It was, it needed a lot of work. I don't know where he got it or what. And um, a couple of years later, when I started freshman year in high school, um, I wanted to play the saxophone. I thought it'd be interesting. And they said, well, you know, we only have two saxophones and they're for the band, you know, the, the marching band. And I said, well, I happen to have one at the house, but I don't know if it works. And the guy said, well, if you want to, bring it in I'll fix it for you and or I'll, I'll take a look at it. so he ended up fixing it and that allowed me to um, use that one at the house and then he goes well since you have one you should practice with that one at the house and then we'll let you use ours since you actually have one and you're going to learn how to play it and uh, it was it was a class of like 150 students in my beginner band class and so and I was the only saxophone player Wow. So he, the teacher basically just gave me the book. He said, follow along, you know, when you need help, let me know, you know, whatever. But he's like, I got, you know, 25 clarinet players. I got five, 15 flute players. I got a bunch of trump, you know? And so I was like, okay, that's fine. And um, I just started to learn the basics from there. And uh, I don't think I ever really ever had to ask him for help, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and, I, and the interest of just playing the saxophone just kind of, you know, took flight from there. And then I remember at one point, one of my teachers gave me a cassette tape of uh, like a mix of a bunch of saxophone players. And so I just pretty much wore that thing out by listening to it like crazy and and just kind of learning about music and learning about the, the jazz world, the modern jazz world, the funk world, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um and it just kind of just sprouted from there. Um, well, it was meant to be. That's a real fascinating story. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. And I, I didn't even start singing until 2009 when I moved out here into to California. So, so you're self-taught, it sounds like, and you just had an ear for music yeah. that you could learn. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I kind of, I just pretty much learned by ear. I was never the best. Uh, student when it comes to books and reading and, and math and all that kind of stuff and I could read music pretty well at the time just based on that's what we did all the time but even now today I'm like man I don't want to have to read music like all day long I'm more of a ear guy you know I can read it but it's just it's it kind of it tires me out you know <laughs> it's, to me reading music is kind of like reading a long book it's like same kind of concept I'm like I only have so much attention span I don't know what that is all 
But, so you pretty much then just decided to pursue music after you got out of high school and you moved well, to California. What's 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 the story here? Well, during during high school, you know, I started playing um, music at the church, and just the uh, you know they let me finally get up uh, in front and you know play and all that kind of stuff. And and I was still growing. I was only like a year or two in, and then finally just got better and better and better and then I got joined the church band and then from there um, there was a group of guys in the church that had their own like old school band they were playing a lot of the old school music which is old school now and it was still old school back then <laughs> but um and then I I started you know jamming with those guys at one of their gigs and then I you know did a few gigs with them and then I started kind of playing out more with you know just random different people and different acts and stuff um, and then I just basically started doing it on my own where I'm like, okay, I got to put my own band together and start finding my own gigs. And, and it just took it from there, you know, wow. and eventually, eventually 2009, I was just like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go to California and just, uh, cause I just knew the music scene was better out here for the jazz world and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. it was either, it was either go to New York or go to, to, to California. And I like the weather better in California. So I just thought, why not you know i'm here and so uh because growing uh, up in chicago you, you got all the cold yeah right. i went to school in chicago in the college so i think you made the right choice <laughs> <laughs> so you, you so. pretty much stayed with jazz is your style of music not i mean not really i mean in all that music like i said mostly the the, the cassette tape that the teacher gave me was like modern jazz it was like smooth jazz kind of stuff david sanborn dave cause you know, Warren Hill, and this was back in the 90s. And so those guys were all pretty new to the scene, you know. And so it was much more in the modern uh, style jazz as opposed to the old Coltrane and Miles and all that kind of stuff. So um, I didn't really get into the older school of jazz until later on. And I get, I, but I'm definitely more uh, band oriented, song oriented as opposed to where jazz is just like, you know, you kind of play the top part and then you just solo on it for 20 minutes and then the next guy solos and the next guy solos and, and then it goes back to the top and then you then the song is over. Well, I, I kind of I'm more interested in the song itself, you mm -hmm. know, and um, all the different parts of the song coming together, doing their thing and, and making it one piece as opposed to just, you know, one cohesive just piece, bunch, just a yeah. bunch. Yeah. Instead uh -huh. of just a bunch of soloing. So. So that's why playing with the old school band, doing all the classic uh, tunes from like Tieta and Malo and Santana and, and Chicago and, you know, all those different Tower Power, you know, it was a horn section in that band. So I joined their horn section, but I was the, the guy who would go out and do solos in the crowd and do that kind of stuff. They just knew I had that kind of, that was my, my niche as opposed to being in a horn section. And to this day, to this day, I don't like, I would not be in a horn section if it paid me. Like, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't have that brain anymore. I have right. to be in the, I got to be in the front. Uh, I got to be leading, especially now doing the singing. You know, I, I, I just can't be in anybody else's band. It's just kind of like a side musician anymore. It's mm -hmm. not, it just, mm -hmm. it doesn't fit. You know, it doesn't fit. I've already made my name. I already know who I am. And it's like, if you want to book me in your band, then I have to be a feature. Like it has mm -hmm. to be that kind of mentality because mm -hmm. I don't feel like going backwards. 
know right, right. So, so in your evolution, yeah. you found out that you could sing and you enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, the, the thing is, is that I love uh, performing. So being able to sing was something that I always wanted to do, but I would only sing little harmonies here and there with whatever bands, you know, that would give me a microphone to let me sing. And then once I moved to California in 2009, I was like, well, if I'm going to do music every day for a job, I'm going to have to start singing and adding more songs to my repertoire. And then, and that was it. It just, you know, I started learning new songs. I started downloading lyrics and, and, and just kind of focusing on how to sing, what to sing, how to not, how to sing correctly without hurting yourself. Mm. And, and so now I could sing for literally four to five straight hours um, without stopping and people mm -hmm. are blown away because my standard right now, my standard uh, gig is a three hour minimum. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll do an entire three block section without a break. And I don't even need a break. And most of that time I'm singing where mm -hmm. a lot of singers, they'll sing 20 minutes and then they're like, Oh, I'm tired. Or, you know, and it's like, you have to learn the correct ways to sing. Otherwise, you just blow your voice out, you know. Right, so, and then playing and, your instruments, your your right. instruments. So it's quite yeah. a balancing act, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people people get tripped out when they're like, "Wow, how does he? You know, how are you singing that? And how are you singing that? And you sound like that guy, and you sound, you know." Now I don't ever try to sound like anybody in particular, but the mo majority of the music that I do sing is are good quality singers that. I'm not necessarily trying, if I'm singing a Michael Jackson song, I'm not necessarily trying to sound like Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to at least mimic the inflections and mimic the styles that he chooses to get that, you know, his voice mm -hmm. is his voice, you know, or if I sing Luther Vandross or something, or if I sing, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, I at least try to get, use the, 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 the uh, abilities and the techniques that they use. And that's just what makes them great singers, you know, which the same techniques that make a, any good singer a good singer, you know, so. Yeah, well, and the I same had, thing with the saxophone. Well, I understand. I, I had the pleasure of seeing you a few times and really enjoyed it. And is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on Beautify. Because um, nice. we understand that, you know, music is a healing. It's an art. It permeates oh, yeah. our society. Can mm -hmm. you personally attest to any of the healing attributes of music or the beauty it brings into one's life? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've literally had people say, you know, after I've done a performance that somebody's come up to me and say, like, wow, you changed uh, like everything about the way I think of what I can do for myself. You know, they were saying, like, you make me feel like I could do anything when I hear your playing. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. But the main thing is that it brings you know, as you know, as we all know now, I mean, in this day and age, there's so much negativity in the world that when you sit down and you hear somebody playing a song that you like, or you know, or even if you don't know it, it makes you feel good. If, you, if the song is done right, and if it sounds good, it makes you just smile. It makes you kind of tap your feet. And, and it, immediately what's going on in, in, your, in your mind, in your, in your soul, in your heart, is you're leaving that negativity and you're automatically pulling yourself into a positive frame mm -hmm. so if 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 you're having a bad day and then somebody starts playing a song that you like and then you start kind of just doing bobbing your head or tapping your feet that means you're leaving 
that negativity behind and you're kind of now you're focusing on this positive thing um which is why which is part of the reason why i don't like the old school jazz mentality of just soloing and soloing and soloing because it becomes monotonous and then the person's focus now comes back into just away from the music you know if somebody's just playing for five ten minutes straight eventually you're just kind of like okay i think i've heard it now like what was i yeah what was i feeling before before this guy started playing um and so that's why i kind of like songs that's why i like a start a middle and a finish you know and then when i write my music it's uh very emotional based very theatrical based you know and i don't just i don't just make songs with what are the sounds of today or what are the Mm -hmm. styles of today i just make what feels good to me and then if other people like it, then they like it. So, well, we're but. glad you're doing it, and we're glad you found that <laughs> saxophone in the basement of that house. Um, yeah, exactly. So if, if our audience would like to learn more about you and where you're playing, where can they go, Rick? Uh, it's easiest just to go to my website, rickparma.com, um, R I C K P A R M A.com. That's the, you know, I have when I'm doing, um, public shows usually that's where I put them right there uh for example the I'm right now I'm not doing a whole lot of public stuff I'm mostly doing private events and parties and things that people are hiring because it's that time of the season where people are it's summertime events are happening and that's majority of my bookings Mm -hmm. um but every once in a while I'll do a club here or a restaurant here just because and um maybe I had an extra day or something or maybe I'll do a pop-up event you know because I started getting involved with the pop-ups because my wife has a cotton candy business aside from a regular job. And so she's been doing all these pop-ups over the last two years since COVID and all that. And so I've kind of come into this pop-up world like, oh, yeah. And that's kind of the reason, that's the reason why I started the laser engraving. I thought it's a little side thing. And then I started to enjoy it. And then it was like, well, all right, I might as well do a pop-up too and see what, you know, see if I can make any money from it or at least have a good day. But that's true. Um, expose yourself, you know, show yourself to more and more people. Yeah. Yeah. So my website and Instagram, Facebook, uh, mostly Instagram uh, is where I'll like post things and then, you know, it forwards to Facebook. But, you know, yeah, people can find me on Instagram under Rick Parma Sachs, S-A-X. And then, uh, but that's like the best way to just follow me. I do have a, a, a thing if you, if anybody would like, if you'd like a free song. Uh, I do a text blast as well. And so if you want to get a free song, you text the word jazz to 877-200-2651. And I don't know if you can put that on the screen later, but 877-200-2651. And you'll immediately get a, a click back. It says, you know, here, here's your free song. Oh, um, okay. but that's, a, that's another way for people to be posted on, um, you know, when I'm going to be somewhere or whatever. And then even nationally, like if somebody's watching this and they're in like, you know, Chicago or New York or something, and they don't still get the free song, but I'll put them in the list that puts them for New York. So if I ever come to New York and do mm-hmm. show or something, you know, they'll, they'll be notified that I'll be in their general state. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I certainly yeah. encourage everyone to either book you or listen to your music. It is yeah. very uplifting. And I thank yes. you so much for your interview today. I appreciate it. It was very fun. It was so nice uh, seeing you in person again. Thank you.